Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay, Atlanta's new standard in payroll. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Melissa Brogdon with Fourth Party. Welcome. Thank you, Lee. Super happy to be here. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Fourth Party. How are you serving folks? Absolutely. So Fourth Party provides modern solutions to legacy problems within the legal space, and it's particularly catering towards mediators and arbitrators. And that's just like a lot of words to essentially say we focus on negotiators, those middlemen who help everyday people navigate things like car accidents, divorces, custody battles, or even landlord tenant disputes. We just help them do their job better. So uh, what's an example of ways that you help them do their job better? Absolutely. So fourth party is really focused on making sure that a negotiator can access case files securely anytime, anywhere. The pandemic really exacerbated a problem that's existed for decades in in the legal space, which is legacy paper-based systems can't be accessed in a remote world. So we really make the process of accessing that information easier, more secure with tools for communication, document storage, as well in data and insights. And really we mirror that process, um, the, the experiences that they've had, sort of those time-honored traditions that are part of the negotiation process, we just make that a little bit easier so that our adoption of our tool can be a little bit faster for them. Now, um, is faster kind of a double-edged sword for uh, lawyers? Because, <laughs> you know, a, a part of, I, I'm not a lawyer, but as a lay person, I think that they like the idea of me thinking that they're going through a dusty old book <laughs> thinking of some obscure case, you know, that's going to save the day. And that requires a lot of time and that time is expensive. And then if I can just Google search, you know, cases that are relevant to me and in two seconds, you know, 30 things pop up. Is that good or bad for the lawyer? So, so I'll clarify a little bit that, you know, we, we, most of the mediators that we work with are lawyers, um, but their role is really an authoritative um, position to help the lawyers who are representing the everyday folks like me and you sort of get to that, get through that conversation smoothly. And they are just balancing so much information. And right now, a lot of folks are doing that with the pen and the legal pad. And so we're really helping them to kind of move into the modern age with that process um, and make sure that that information is secure. Because if they're using that pad um, and paper, um, not only is it sort of a, a time waster, but it also is a, a really unsecure process that might leave your private information accessible to people that you don't want to have it. Now, is this something, uh, these kind of changes that moving from paper and pencil to digital is uh, a lot of legacy organizations are going kicking and screaming into this world, even though (laughs) for the people who are already there, this seems obvious and logical and there's no reason to go backwards. But for some reason, you know, it's not just this industry. There's several other industries out there that Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. is like a a hill they all want to die on. 
how are you helping them with this kind of behavior change and this kind of legacy thinking of this might not be the best way today to be doing this kind of work, even though it has worked this way for, you know, decades, if not, you know, multiple decades or a hundred years now. Right, uh, you right. Know. Well, well, you know, we agree that our, our biggest competition is the status quo, the way things that have always been done. And um, we really do serve a pretty diverse user base in that, you know, our users range from age 35 to 80. Um, and so their experience um, engaging with technology is as varied. Um, and a part of what we um, sort of message and, and really try to drive home with folks is, we are trying to augment and complement the human-centered work that you do. So it's not so much about change or, uh, you know, uh, sort of villainizing the process as it is. It's really about adaptation and making sure that people are prepared for what's ahead of them and doing that really in a compassionate way that that hasn't been um, the way that big tech has necessarily approached um, sort of transitioning folks who are, are sort of used to those um, legacy systems. Doing that in a compassionate way has really um, helped us to engage people and get them onto the platform. Now, um, in a lot of SaaS uh, projects like yours and companies like yours, the aim is always for the aspirin, not the vitamin, right? I'm look. I'm trying to solve a problem that is um, dire and not something that would be nice to solve down the road. Is this elevated to that level with the p- folks that you're serving? Yeah, I mean, I think we see our our relationship with negotiators uh, as certainly urgent and time sensitive. Um, what we're seeing is a real sort of crisis, um, and, and it was exacerbated by the pandemic, but um, something that was sort of building up, which is a, a justice gap in terms of the ability for people to access the sort of representation that they need. Um, and so we see a lot of cases go unheard um, because there just is not in, there are just is not enough time um, in our court systems or enough negotiators to handle that work. And so um, we're really invested in making sure that as people join this this career and consider even a career shift to to negotiations, um, that they're equipped with the tools to really accelerate their career as quickly as possible. So we focus a lot on process mapping, really coaching people through the process so that they can sort of have an educational coach as a part of using our tool. Now, um, do you have a story you can share about how maybe somebody who was skeptical or, you know, just decided to take the leap into your platform were able to use that in order to, you know, to win something or to to gain something and maybe surprise, (laughs) maybe surprise their client? Absolutely. So, um, you know, the reason that we thought of uh, building this tool was a personal challenge. Um, it really started with a family meeting between myself and my husband, who is um, a mediator who's um, mediated over 200 cases um, virtually. And he was faced with um, an individual reaching out to him for some information about a about a, meet, a negotiation that he actually wasn't able to settle. And he spent an hour 
literally throwing sheets of paper over his shoulders, trying to find the detail that that person was looking for. And that was really the light bulb moment for us that there needed to be a way for people to access that information in a much easier way um, and also save that time on the negotiator side to be able to you know, update and move that process along. And so if you think about that as just one small example of the ways that people are losing time and then in turn, the people who are actually bringing the conflict to bear are the ones who suffer as a result of that. As costs, you know, skyrocket and time, they lose time um, in that process. So um, it really is a, an experience, a pain point that we experienced personally, um, and a part of us being able to collaborate and bring this sort of universal tool um, to bear is really um, something that was a response to a challenge we faced ourselves. Now, um, being an emerging brand is it identifying that ideal client uh, is is one of the biggest challenges. Have you been able to mm-hmm. kind of hone in on uh, you know who the persona of this ideal client is? This this negotiator is it a judge? <laughs> yeah. Is it a lawyer? Is it um, a mediator? Like, uh, do you know who this person is that is the most uh, likely to consider this? Yeah, so we're 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 hyper focused on um, alternative dispute resolution firms, and those are organizations that really help um, negotiators with that administrative load, booking, and all of the things that come along with um, going into a negotiation that really aren't a part of that active negotiation process. Um, but we're also thinking about that solo neutral, a person who's probably been practicing at least 10 to 15 years, um, maybe a little bit disenchanted with um, their experience as an attorney. Maybe the work-life balance isn't the right fit for them. And so they're considering um, a shift into the mediation space or have already certified. And they're looking for a way to turn this from really a side hustle from the beginning into a second career. And then with fourth party, this really, that person doesn't have any of that legacy thinking. This is kind of a fresh idea for them, and this enables them to get up and running faster. A little bit. I mean, we still face the fact that, you know, they are coming out of the legal space. And so whatever um, notions and experiences and habits, they still bring those to fourth party. And so we do still have to challenge some of that um, thinking. But, you know, as we engage with early career neutrals and folks who are, you know, in that in that age range, um, they, they have a little bit more experience with technology. They're using it every day. They're engaging with customer relationship management systems um, in prior experiences. And so they do have some reference points. Um, And again, the fact that our tool really mirrors some of those time-honored traditions that they're used to doing in a a paper-based system, um, it feels more familiar than a tool that maybe has been built by someone who isn't truly an industry expert. So now what's your backstory? Had you been involved in uh, (laughs) software as a service before or technology uh, before? Yes. So my background is actually in nonprofit uh, operations. And then I was working part time for the past seven years um, supporting uh, my husband's law firm, who is also my co-founder of Fourth Party. And so um, I got to watch sort of, you know, deal with some of those administrative pain points and problem solve around that. So when we were first thinking about a solution to, you know, 
having to rifle through all those papers and throw them over his shoulders. We went through several different iterations of using, you know, up to a dozen different applications to create some kind of workflow management tool for him. Um, and so that's where my expertise came in. And as he did interviews with colleagues and really engaged with hundreds of mediators who were experiencing the same challenges that, that he was facing, he was able to create that universal workflow. And then I could incorporate, you know, time saving and efficiency um, and process management into that workflow so that we could create the basis of fourth party. Now, what about the technology element of it? Uh, were either of you coders or technologists or did you have to partner with someone to, in order we to are, get it? We're both, uh, I'll put quotes around non-technical. We actually got to engage with a team that was based in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, some really smart young engineers who were really excited about the opportunity to um, you know, jump into this kind of work. And so um, they actually had some limited experience, but really ambitious. And they were the ones that brought, um, you know, fourth party's MVP to the, to, um, to the place where it is now. So now, where is that place? Are you looking for yeah. uh, funders? Are you what? What do? You, how can we help you? What do you need more of? Do you need funding? Do you yeah. need clients? Or is this self-funded? We need all of it. We need all of it, Lee. So, um, we actually just wrapped up a pilot um, with one of the largest um, alternative dispute resolution firms in the southeast, um, and so our tool um, has currently has. Uh, two th over 2,000 um, active cases on it, and we're um, serving um, negotiators in, in seven states. Um, and we're thinking about certainly planning for um, funding. So um, we were really lucky last year to receive $100,000 from Google for Startups um, to help support us in this early stage of development. Um, and now we're looking to bring on um, new partners and advisors and advocates. So um, definitely looking for investors who have a legal background and can really understand um, the magic of this tool and, and where we are trying to go, um, but also looking for those advisors and advocates who can be a part of our team and coach us and support us as we, um, you know, accelerate into this, this new realm. So right now we are... Um, super hyper focused on building a really high quality tool um, and making sure that we are able to serve the new firms that we bring on this quarter and then the next really well. Well, congratulations on all the success. If there is someone out there that wants to learn more about fourth party, what is the website? They can reach us at Fourth Party, and it's spelled out um, F O U R T H P A R T Y dot app. Um, connect with us. We would love to talk. Um, we're always looking to have conversations with mediators, lawyers, judges, anyone who might be interested um, in using the tool, but really, again, with a focus on building the right tool for people. We want to understand their pain points and would love to have a conversation. Good stuff. Well, again, congratulations on all the success. Uh, you're doing important work, and we appreciate you. Thank you, Lee. Thank you. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio.